Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time to welcome you to the Leisure and Lariats podcast and introducing your host, hailing from Bel Air, Texas. He is a world traveling veteran of professional wrestling, the final boss, the bear. The master of that Davidson drip, your host, Ruthless Ryan Davidson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leisure and Lariats podcast. This is a podcast that inspires, motivates, and entertains the masses through the eyes of a professional wrestling's point of view. My name is Ryan Davidson, and I am a world-traveled veteran professional wrestler, and I've been in and out of the ring with some of the best athletes, personalities, and driven individuals from all around the world. Join me as I talk about life-changing advice, experiences, and stories from myself, and special guests that not only made a change for themselves, but also answer the call when challenges rise. Episode 21 is underway, part one with my interview with good buddy Jackson Stone. Hey, there you go. I'm using my words, right? <laughs> no one had to speak on a podcast. But nonetheless, let's get this episode underway and let's start with Book of the Week. All right. Book of the Week is basically diving into the world of finances. Yes, that money, 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 man. And I feel like with everything going on in the year 2020, with uh, this pandemic turning the world upside down, there's no better time to go ahead and take a look at your finances than right now. And with that being said, Book of the Week this week is a classic. And it's called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Uh this book is basically a elementary financial literacy that imparts common sense wisdom that every American should know, according to Google. I mean, according to Amazon, Google, whatever. It's all the same thing, right? <laughs> but no, seriously, this book is really beneficial. And I can say that personally, too, because there's a lot of different tactics that are talked about in this book. Uh, that I'm using myself from for for my financial status to reinforce a good financial structure. Because I'll be honest with you, man, uh, I wasn't really taught growing up about uh, you know different things with finances. I knew about some stuff like savings account and watch what you spend and li- live below your means and things like that. But I never really dove into the brass tacks of things. I really, really haven't, uh, and everything like that. And it's very important that regardless if, you know, mom and dad or anybody in your family has a lot of good financial knowledge or don't, everyone should seek out more and more wisdom when it comes to finances. Everybody has the right to have a good financial backing and a good financial plan, and this book will help you. Uh, And his seven baby steps are simple, universal, and be be honest with you, they're brilliant. I mean, one of them is save $1,000 for an emergency fund. You can pay off debts using the debt snowball, which is basically a strategy to where you combine all the things that you have in debt and basically use these minimal payments and then you compound them over time. And it gets more in depth with that. Of course, inside the book, you know, you put 15% towards retirement, you save for your kid's college, you pay off the mortgage, so on and so forth. Just a few little tidbits of this book, but it's something that I highly recommend that anyone would read. Even if your financial uh, status, if you believe that it's good, if it's solid right now, it doesn't help, like I said, to gain more. I mean, it, uh, it helps to gain more wisdom. I wouldn't say it doesn't help, but... <laughs> 
either way other than that this book is something that i highly recommend go ahead and give it a read or listen if audible is your way and it's called the total money makeover with dave ramsey now with that being said let's get in the match of the week professional wrestling baby it's still real to me, damn it! <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Uh, this match right here I watched a few nights ago, right before I went to bed. And there's a few matches that I think every pro wrestling fan, or or even people inside the wrestling business like me, uh, that you watch that you kind of remember exactly where you were when you watched this match for the first time. And uh, definitely a match that kind of rekindle, re-sparks that fire and motivation of why you do what you do in pro wrestling. And there's a lot of them for me, and this one right here is no different. Uh, and it was very impactful and happened just a little over a year ago. And I'm talking about Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title at WrestleMania 35. Phenomenal match. I also remember being at WWE working as an extra uh, when WWE was in town in Houston, Texas for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And the last two guys inside the Elimination Chamber match was Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan. And this was a great just teaser for what was yet to come leading into Wrestlemania that year and I just remember just the reactions from the crowd and how everybody was on the edge of their seat I mean literally people were standing they're on the edge of their seat just watching what was going to unfold next and it's one of those things that I won't ever forget and uh, this match is great and the one thing I like about the YouTube channel from WWE is that, don't get me wrong, entrances are important, but when I'm watching matches, I just like watching from bell to bell. And WWE YouTube channel does a great job of just impl- uh, just showcasing matches just from bell to bell. Because no disrespect to The Undertaker, I love The Undertaker, but man, a six-minute intro. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little too long. Let's get to the pro wrestling, baby. You know what I mean? But other than that, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, WWE title, WrestleMania 35. Of course, the YouTube link will be in the show notes. It's the it's it's the match in its entirety, and it's something that if somebody hasn't watched it, I highly recommend that you watch it and go ahead and get through with that. Now, let's go ahead and get into some plugs. Jared Gannon with the Inner Squared Circle. Find him on all social media platforms. Chris Russo at Russell Russo on Instagram. Brad Owens with Snake Productions. Brian Breaker with the Breaker and Bane Power Hour of Wrestling. Find him on uh, podcast. Find him on all social media and podcast platforms. Rex Andrews with Pathway Fitness. Find him on all social media platforms. Stevie Richards stevierichardsfitness.com for his website his youtube channel is phenomenal stevie richards just implemented a new uh show basically new content where every single morning he's called the morning warm-up uh and i love it it's basically a great listen to on my way to go ahead and start my day in the car when i'm driving because of course i live in houston and you know it's a 45 minute drive pretty much anywhere you go and uh this is a great way to take my mind off of things and some great wisdom that stevie richards had now i know it might be it's just because he's a buddy of mine, but at the end of the day, this guy's very highly intelligent. He has a great perspective on life in and out of the squared circle, and highly recommend you go ahead and give it a watch, give it a listen. Of course, Stevie Richards, you can find him on all social media platforms. Brock Baker with the Hooligan Hour podcast. Find him on all podcast platforms. Uh, Jackson Stone talks, everybody, and Jackson Stone, you are loved podcast. Of course, you can find that and him on all podcasts and social media platforms, and I'm really looking forward to getting 
get into this interview uh, with Jackson Stone. Uh, back to pro wrestling, realitywrestling.com, of course, for all current events and updates check that website out of course go to the youtube channel for all current content that's going on there of course on october the 10th reality of wrestling has a free yes i said free a free drive-in event uh, to go ahead and bring awareness and to make sure that you go out and vote of course here in the next month as the country decides who the next president of the United States will be uh, regardless of what your political view are views are try and go out and vote and if you like some pro wrestling of course as everybody here on this podcast does Ooh, yeah. hell yeah go ahead and check out this free event once again it's free you just drive up and there's a wrestling ring right in front of Booker T's World Gym Arena and uh, I will be performing there I will put the reality wrestling title on the line and it's been advertised that I will face Abel Andrew Jackson for the road championship so go ahead and come out, support the event. If not, I'm sure the match will be uh, uploaded on the YouTube channel sooner or later. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button for Reality Wrestling. And moving on, Hurricane Pro. Of course, HurricaneProWrestling.com. Of course, you can find Hurricane Pro on the Title Match Network that is on YouTube. And uh, just had a great show with Hurricane Pro just a few weeks ago. I got in the ring with the one and only Will All Day. Highly, highly great athlete. Uh, dude has a lot of potential. He's all over the place, making you know, making heads turn, making some leeway in the professional wrestling business. And uh, we had a great match, man, and it was a lot of fun. I uh, can't wait for Title Match to go ahead and put that on release. But Hurricane Pro, go ahead and check out their website for all current events and updates. And last but not least, Wildcat Sports. Go ahead and find that channel on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, they just released a match, I believe, which is against... Um I want to say it's a great against Ray Horace and Steve Anthony, uh, which is basically a great Lucha style uh, match. And, you know, with anything with Steve Anthony, that guy is just a phenomenal worker inside the ring. And uh, Ray Horace is a good dude, man. And that guy can go. He can absolutely go. He always has great matches. Always have and he always will. So go ahead and give that a look. Of course, one more wrestling organization that I want to go ahead and plug is SWE Fury. You can find them on the Fight TV app or, of course, just on Fight TV and uh, has a lot of great talents from all over the state of Texas and beyond. They're doing a great tribute uh, for the passing recently of the road warrior animal, old Joe Laurinaitis, a guy that I literally just saw about a month and a half, two months ago, and he looked great. And then the next thing you know, he's gone. And it was a big blow to professional wrestling because I believe that Legion of Doom is probably the greatest tag team that has ever existed inside professional wrestling and Joe will be missed man he really will and he's brought a lot of different wisdom and a lot of great moments to so many people and uh, he passed away and uh, we lost another legend inside the world of pro wrestling but nonetheless we continue forward and pay homage to Joe pay homage to all the heroes that pretty much paved the way for us that are no longer with us and we continue on but now with that being said, it is time. It is time for part one with my good buddy, the guy that is an advocate for mental health awareness in and out on social media, a guy that is a phenomenal worker. We get into this interview about pro wrestling, why it's why it was good for him, how he started, his baseball career, because there's not a lot of baseball players that jump into pro wrestling, which I found was very interesting. All that and more, we dive right into it, but it's Jackson Stone, everybody, and part one starts right now. 
gentlemen, it's Jackson Stone, everybody. What's up, yeah. man? Welcome to the Leisure and Larry's podcast, bro. Dude, I'm happy to be here. Um, I mean, you were nice enough to do my podcast, and the episode came out wonderfully. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm pumped to talk to you again, which is cool. Bro, it's awesome, man. I have, I actually have a list. Uh, it's somewhere right here on my desk. Obviously, you and I can see each other because we're doing this via Zoom. Uh, obviously, everybody listening, of course, uh, the, this is available on all platforms and whatnot. But uh, I have a list of guys and ladies that I wanted to, like, just get knocked out right of the way. And you're definitely on that list, and I'm glad I can get to you and everything like that. And I really enjoyed doing your episode, so I hope the feeling is mutual doing mine because this is a little wacky man like it's like a roller coaster ride it's like serious okay cool and then i'm gonna bump into club horn you know, it's, it's obnoxious i know but it's me it is what it is but nonetheless i appreciate you being here man yeah no i i expected it to be serious mixed in with a bit of fun so i'm i'm ready for it <laughs> he's probably just sitting there jackson's like looking at me like i, I don't even know how to take this right now <laughs> just the way you're looking at me right now it's just i mean because you can see my facial expressions right yeah. so no one else can right. but i mean yeah no I'm, i mean i got a starbucks yeah. so which which means that this episode slash day is going to be really good no matter what happens so like Let's awesome, get it. Man. Absolutely. So the the kind of questions that I have and everything, because I'll be honest with you, usually uh, with different guests, like I kind of have certain questions already like lined out, ready to go and stuff like that. And, you know, of course, this is a two parter. So we're going to get into some pro wrestling. And then, of course, we're going to talk all about mental health and all about our experiences with dealing with the different struggles, uh, struggles in and out of pro wrestling. But I got a couple of questions that I personally wanted to ask you because, man, we've known each other for quite a few years doing the same shows and all the roads and all this other stuff, brother, brother. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. But quite frankly, you're a baseball player because most guys that get into pro wrestling, they either come from football or amateur wrestling and stuff like that. Not a lot of pro baseball players. Or, you know, I mean, did you play in the pros? or were you, I know you played some college ball. Correct me on everything because I want to know a little bit about your baseball career and how did you get into pro wrestling. Yeah, so I played – Baseball was the first love, right? I played baseball from age five until 22, mm. um, pretty much every single day of my life. Um, I played uh, Division One baseball at South Dakota State University. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. I yeah. did not know that. Didn't know it. Yeah. And I was, a, I was actually an All-American on the same All-American team as your boy, Alex Bregman. Oh, wow. Nice. Go Strohs. They didn't cheat. Go Strohs. <laughs> yeah, I won't touch on that. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, but yeah, he's he's making millions of dollars in the pros. I did uh, I did not get drafted or anything uh, after my senior year of college. Um, I decided to try to try and see if I could play professionally. I ended up doing um, three tryouts uh, with the Atlanta Braves, um, and uh, throughout that summer after I graduated school, and uh, just nothing came up of it, and. Uh, they offered me like a, an independent ball contract for like a year. And then we'll see, we'll see if you can sign it to a minor league deal. And uh, it just, my heart wasn't there anymore, man. I always said that I was going to play baseball basically until someone said I wasn't good enough anymore. And uh, you know, you do something for so long. Right. And it's like, it finally ends. And I, there was no real sadness for me. It was more of like, it was kind of relief to be honest. Like, right. like what's next? Like, cause I, I'm a, I'm an all in guy. Like if I do something, I'm, I'm all in, like whether I really enjoy it or not, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. 
Um, and obviously I love baseball, but it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Um, so maybe that was the universe saying you shouldn't get signed and do a shitty minor league contract. Yeah. Um, you should just go do a shitty indie wrestling run <laughs> uh, and do the exact it's same thing. It's still damn it! Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> and so, yeah, I fucking moved back home and I uh, I started training at MPX. Like, it's so funny because the, the parallels between baseball and, and wrestling are very similar. And I never once realized that until I was, like, in my career. And something that I just loved about about playing team sports was the community, right? Mm. You're next to people, you're with people that love the same thing. Whether you have different interests outside of that one thing or not, or whether you come from different backgrounds, we all loved baseball, and it was so easy to connect on that. And when I stopped playing and and knew I was going to become a wrestler, I had a big fear because in my head, wrestling was – I didn't know anything about wrestling. I didn't know independent wrestling existed. All I saw was WWE. So in my head, I'm like, oh, that's an individual sport. How am I going to get this camaraderie, this community? Where am I going to find the sense of belonging again, the sense of connection again? And then I was pleasantly surprised joining the wrestling community, finding about, about indie wrestling, and that it's the same close-knit community, right? We're still, we're still really largely connected because of this just one thing that we really like. And it's way more unique than liking baseball because baseball is a lot bigger than wrestling, even though maybe our community doesn't want to admit that. Right, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but it's still one thing that's so cool. So like, you know, we have our flaws in our community, just like everyone else, but we, we do have a love for something that's so cool and so unique and so magical and brought out so many emotions, whether we started watching it when we were young or not. So I was like really happy and surprised about that because I was very scared of not feeling like I had somewhere to be or belong once I left baseball and joined the real world. Yeah, no, buddy. That, I mean, you touched on so many different uh, good points, man, because I felt pretty similar. You went farther in baseball than I did in football, but, you know, I played college ball, yeah, you know, at West Texas A&M, a.k.a. Wrestler University, because so many pro wrestlers came out of that. And quite frankly, I only knew of Terry Funk and Dory Funk at that time that went there. And then I found out everybody else. And it was kind of the same thing. Like when you talked about um, about basically when you close that chapter in the baseball it, there wasn't really like any sadness. It was pretty much like, okay, this was the path that I need to. And sometimes, you know, when people, especially when going back to the pro wrestling, and we're trust me, we're gonna get into all that too, because I want to know like your first experiences and what made you like things and not. But uh, but when you go ahead and close chapters on that, like I always tell people, because I had a close buddy of mine that decided that pro wrestling wasn't for him. And the sure. way that he put it, he was like, ah, I just I wish I was better. I wish I was this or that or whatever. And I'm like, look, man, hey. You hung in with so many different people that have been all over the world and you've had great matches and did stuff. It's like, don't ever discount yourself just because pro wrestling wasn't a fit for you. Like people want to make pro wrestling way bigger than them. And pro wrestling is just a part of you. Like you is bigger than, than anything else in my mind. You know what I mean? And Trust me, we'll get into the mental health aspects of everything because I know there's a lot of different positives out of stuff and also a lot of issues within the pro wrestling community. But you mm. touched on a lot of good things with baseball because that's the same thing, too, that a lot of people get into pro wrestling because of that community aspect, right? Like, we're, we're tribal beings, man. Like, it's all about the group and the people that we surround ourselves with. And it's cool that you talked about so many different parallels with baseball because that's how I felt with football because that was one of the best things, the locker room experience the bus rides, you know, this or that or whatever, the team meetings and stuff. Was that the same way with you? Because it sounded like it was. 
Yeah, I mean, because I went to a small Division One, right? So we were we got maybe one or two flights a year for our games, mm. um, and we're in South Dakota, right? So we can't play any home games, right? We're it's the Frozen Tundra. We're we're not playing a a home game until like thirty games into our season, right? So the first thirty games we're traveling everywhere, and you still have to go to school Monday through Thursday, right? So we're taking eighteen hour bus trips, and if you're not a senior, you have to share a seat with someone, right? Because, you know, there's a very few seniors. They get the seats in the back. They've been right. playing on the team for 40 years. It makes sense. Other than that, you're, you're sharing a bus seat, an actual bus seat with another human for 18 hours. And so <laughs> it's not you, there's no other way to get – you get close with them. Like right. physically, obviously, you're very close. But like on a, on a, on a personal and emotional level, you get close too. And that's something that I really, I really enjoyed. Obviously we got annoyed with each other. Like, dude, I'm trying to sleep in my space. Right. right. Yeah. But that level of bond, that level of like just love translates to the field because you're going to play with people differently when you love them and you care for them. And, uh, and so when I got into wrestling and obviously you start traveling, I started traveling relatively soon after I started training yeah. and the same, and they're the same trips. You're in small little cars, you're going four hours, you're going 10 hours, you're going 15 hours. And it didn't bother me at all. It was something that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. And it was like wanting to do, I was getting in cars that I wasn't even on shows for. I was just like, yeah, I'll go. I like, why not? You know, cause you get to know people and uh, you know, you slowly find out that people in the wrestling community kind of act a, a little bit differently than, you know, some sort of normal everyday kind of things but that's that's the unique part of wrestling and i think that's cool to try to really unpack and unfold these these views that people have and so i the parallels were the same right it's the same like it took me 16 years to get good at baseball right sometimes it takes people two years to get good at wrestling or 12 years to get good at wrestling right there's no timetable on when it kind of finally clicks for you and i think that's really important and obviously i never got paid to play you know, I was doing high school or college. You sort of get paid in college if you get a scholarship. Right. You know, but if I, if I would have signed a minor league deal, I would have been making like, you know, 2000 bucks, Yeah. you know, like whatever the contract may be. And it's very similar to when you start wrestling, you're making $0 or $5 or 20. And now that number jumps up to whatever you're making at your current state, which is pretty cool. You can see that, you know, the growth of your, your character and your, and your abilities and the way you travel and who, who you wrestle. Like these things are cool to look back and look at. So the parallels were, were very similar. I think it's what helped me so much, like, in, in jump-starting my career so quickly, I think. No, I definitely recognize it, man, because I remember when you were first coming on the scene. I mean, you obviously had a good look. You had a great build and everything. Had that long, highlighted hair and everything. You got your hair cut now and everything. But, like, yeah, that was one thing I've, I've realized because I always look for uh, men and women that do that because, once again, like just how you said, like some things click for others maybe a little faster or a little longer. It doesn't mean that anybody's better or worse than anybody. It's just some things just pan out that way because then again you know it's also a blessing like you know it could be on one perspective somebody they get that luck or they get that draw that opportunity two years in and then they run with it but six years down the road it's like they get stagnant now they have to reinvent themselves as Ooh. opposed to maybe somebody gets in there 12 13 years whatever then they finally hit they get a run and then as soon as that runs in hey i'm gonna call it a day and retire you know so it really is all about perspectives and stuff like that of what's good and bad and i feel like everybody's got a story uh, and you got a great one man and i think that's really cool because you're right there's so many different aspects from baseball that are so parallel to pro wrestling uh, that it's staggering, man, and it's great. Which leads me to my next question: Fucking pro wrestling. Ooh, yeah. What made you be like, yeah, man, this is for me? 
Well, it's funny. It's funny that you played a Macho Man little little soundbite there because he he played professional baseball too. Absolutely, of course he did. Absolutely. And I love I love Macho Man. Who does? And hell yeah. You know, I'll just consider Jackson Stone to be the modern day Macho Man, there even though we don't do anything similar. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, man. I I mean, obviously, I've always been into sports, right? I've always been into sports. Uh, I dressed up all the time in Power Rangers costumes, so that sh- that shit was always cool to me. Hey, Superheroes, comic book characters, too. Like, things yeah. that were just like, you know, that I don't know. And then in like middle school, I did a lot of plays and theater, um, and I wanted to do plays and theater in high school, but I couldn't because they were the same time baseball practice was. Um, but I was always interested in that vibe of performance art and athleticism and larger than life things. But I didn't catch wrestling man until I didn't even know it existed until 2006. Mm, okay. And so if you remember the feud of John Cena and edge going into SummerSlam of 2006, you remember edge is cutting this promo in the ring and then he goes to John Cena's dad's house Mm. and there's a clip of edge slapping John Cena's dad in the face. Yeah. And so that was like my first, I flipped, I actually flipped on the channel and that's what came on. And then there was like another hour and a half of raw left and I watched that. So I obviously saw a few matches and I was like, what is this? These people seem amazing. This whole thing seems super cool. It's like everything that I've ever liked in my whole entire life. And at the same time I had decided that I quit basketball and football because I wasn't good at them. And I decided I was just going to do baseball. And so like this popped into my life at like such an opportune time because I had just given up two things that I thought I really liked. And then I found this on television. I was like, no, this is what I like for sure. And then I went downstairs, told my mom and dad, and I mean, they started buying me DVDs and t-shirts. We started going to Monday Night Raws. So, and they, so were, they were completely supportive. Like they were just like, oh, hands down, yeah. like, yeah, let's do this. They're, they're the same as me. Like they were all in, always with me and my sister. There was like, do whatever makes you happy, but if you decide to do it, you got to you got to finish. You got to see it through. Yeah, man, that's you know? awesome, man. Because you know you hear so many different people that I know you know because you had you know obviously you have your own podcast, your own platforms, your own your own content and everything. And we're gonna get to that in a little bit of just you know you hear people's different stories and sometimes family members aren't so welcoming into wanting their baby boy or girl being involved in such a wacky world of pro wrestling, mainly because they either don't understand it, they don't like it, or both. You know, and it's very relieving even to hear you've had some good parents that were just like, yeah, man, if you want to do it, just go full tilt with it. You know what I mean? So that's awesome. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, no, it, like, yeah, their support has been unbelievable for me. So yeah, I mean, so it was always in the back of my mind that I was going to wrestle. And so when I got home from college, I got a job as a personal trainer, mm-hmm. you know, saved up some money. And then I was like, told my parents, Hey, I found a wrestling school. I'm going to start. And they're like, yeah, we knew you were going to just didn't know when. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were like, you got to pay for it and provide for yourself and, and get a job. And, but I was still living at home at the time, so it wasn't too bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, then I just hopped, hopped in, dude, hopped into pro wrestling full throttle, found what indie wrestling was, saw that that was like the coolest thing ever. Right. But still in my mind, I was always like a WWE guy when I started. I was like, I just want to get to WWE, just want to get to WWE. Right. Obviously, those feelings and thoughts have drastically changed now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that helped jumpstart my career, you know, because I put on this whole persona of Lights, Camera, Jackson early on in my career because I thought that's what you needed as a pro wrestler. You needed, like, this, you know, it like, out, outrageous characters work for some people, and it worked for me for a bit until it didn't work, um, you know. And so, uh, yeah, that's 
that's kind of how it, it all began, really, in a nutshell. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of like the you know you you've taken such a, a not only a, sim, a similar round of a lot of people different starting off, but also unique too. And that's just kind of the whole thing, like just how you said, like you start with one thing, you might have to change it, adapt it, maybe wipe the board off and start start from zero again if a gimmick doesn't work or an idea right. or whatever, you know. And, uh, and obviously, you're still going through it and everything like that. And I understand too because I'm the same way when it comes to just the WWE or you know different companies that we were just like oh this would be my dream to do this or that like things change over time because we grow we prosper we learn and perspectives change we get those updated ios versions of life so maybe things Mm. aren't as you know good as what they seem or bad uh or whatnot but going into pro wrestling you started training you said you started at mpx in dallas right Mm -hmm. so then i'm i'm just assuming that because we all know a lot of the same people like jamie aller i've known jamie aller since pcw days uh back then because i wrestled at uh pcw uh in uh what was it arlington i believe it was right next to six flags over there in the dallas fort worth area and uh, Jamie Aller was their uh, film and edit guy. And I knew, you know, Lance and, uh, you know, all these different guys, BJ Turner, Tim Storm, you know, Mike Fox, all these old school guys, you know what I mean, from the Dallas area and everything like that, the buses and stuff. And then just meeting all these different guys. Tell me, uh, who, who are some of the guys and girls that are the closest to you out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Um. I mean, the guy who trained me from the start was Stephen Kirby. Um, ah, he owns yeah, okay. he owns and runs MPX. He's owned it for a while, right. um, and so he's my he's my number one guy. Like I, I he yeah he taught me basically everything from the ground up. Right, I'd never done any wrestling until I got into his building. Mm. Um, but I'm close with Jamie Aller. We're actually working together now in like a little group at yeah, MPX. I saw so that's that on cool. Instagram. That's why I brought it up because I'm like, oh man, I've known Jamie since 2006. Yeah. Man, this is great. You know, so, I like Jamie a lot. He's yeah. really uh, he's really passionate about what he does when he's involved in wrestling. And I, I very much sure. value that. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I like all those guys like Tim, Tim Storm's amazing. Mm. Right. We know Tim. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy for Lance. Right. And oh, uh, dude, I know yeah, Keith Lee was also in those PCW days and that he's, obviously fucking incredible so right absolutely and you know with keith man i you know we know each other and whenever we'd see each other it'd always be cordial friendly everything like that but i never i've never had a match with him uh, i've never you know not really done uh, too many shows with him shows that i've done with him were either outside the state of texas or i think we did one show together in houston uh that was ran by a promoter that was inside of houston uh, and different things, but like me and Keith never really crossed paths too much. But he was always a good guy, and yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. Like seeing like the first thing that comes to my head when I think of Keith Lee is that uh that clip, and I'll put it in the show notes of like Lou Gotti from VIP. He does the the flying senton over the top rope, and Keith catches him like a child. And yeah, Lou Gotti's not a small guy, and Keith just picks him up and power bombs him on the apron. And I th- to me, I was like, that's one of the coolest things I ever seen because. Keith Lee, I mean Keith Lee is basically like a real life Godzilla when it comes to pro wrestling. I mean, and obviously it works for him. He's extremely athletic. So a lot of good wrestlers out of the Dallas Fort Worth area, man. I mean, obviously people always want to talk about the Von Erics and everything like that, but guys like you and guys like Lance, and then you have Chandler Hopkins and Tim Storm and all these different people all out of the Dallas Fort Worth area for years and years, man. It's it's a hotbed for talent for sure. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up because. Like when I first started five years ago, right? I had my first match September of 2005. Yeah, so five years ago, basically. Mm. Um, The narrative was always 
you know, get what you can from Texas, get, you know, get your bearings and then get out or else you'll never make it anywhere. Right. Right. You'll be stuck. It's a black hole. And, uh, you know, I never really fully believed that, but always the thought for me is that traveling with wrestling would be cool. So I was always like, I'm going to travel, whether I'll move somewhere or go somewhere or do this or do that. It was never, I have to leave Texas to be successful, but that was always really something that people pushed on me early in my career was like, you, if you stay here, dude, you're going to get stuck forever. And, uh, you know, so I did a bit of traveling. I lived in Philly for a couple years and, uh, you know, while being out in Philly, you know, people were out here just crushing it, you know, guys like you and, and everyone at, at uh, Reality of Wrestling and Ricky Starks and Keith Lee and Ember Moon, all these people, right? Yeah. And so when I moved back, this it's like, it's like a whole new vibe here, right? It's like, we can be a hotbed for independent professional wrestling. We have the talent for sure, one, right? right? Our state is so big yeah. that if you do three <laughs> shows in a weekend, you're going to see three totally different town town pools right. different matches right. women man everything is going to be so different in just three states you know they're three or four hours apart right but if you're a fan that's so cool for you right yeah and if you're a wrestler it's super dope as well absolutely because you can do a three-day weekend easy in your own state but also have so many different atmospheres and vibes but also some of the same guys and ladies and so now i think it's so cool that people are starting to work together a little bit we're trying to get this joint community of actually Texas becoming something where people want to come here. Cause I do, I talk to, I have friends, you know, all over the country in terms of indie wrestlers and they want to wrestle here, not only because the history is super cool, but now currently our current history is also really cool and exciting. And we have guys, you know, that are just crushing it and it's amazing. And so I love that whole, the flip basically we've made in the last five years as a state, as a group, as a community of wrestlers. Yeah, man. Very well said, man. And that was also something I'm glad you brought up about moving to Philly because I went out for Philadelphia for the first time in late 2017. I did a Ring of Honor uh, tryout and everything like that out in Bristol. And then it was in Philly. And, dude, I loved Philly. And it was great. And I remember when you moved out there because I believe we did a show. Uh, I don't know if it was, like, Heroes of Wrestling or something like that, but you were getting ready to, like, yeah, I'm going to go go to Philly and just do this because you, I mean, you were talking about, you talk about all this great talent that are making their moves and stuff like that. Like, I, I can't count you out man because you were definitely making moves and that was the same thing that i heard about texas being a black hole and this that whatever which there was some truth to it to an extent but once again it's all perspective right Mm -hmm. because you take what you can work with and like how you said there's so much talent in this giant state of ours right that it's you can get so many different paradigms on so many different platforms that you can actually make something and especially in this day and age content footage this that whatever you know it wasn't how it was like back in the mid-2000s where you had to travel to the east coast in california and don't get me wrong you still do in certain aspects but it was way more dependent on that rather than now that everything's so dependent on social media but moving forward you go to philly and this is another question i wanted to ask you you, you were making some traction making some headway getting being friends with a lot of different great talent men and women and then you made your way overseas and you wrestled out there in germany for WXW and I thought that was super cool because WXW is one of my favorite uh, European organizations uh, that was going for for years and years so tell me how did you get involved with WXW and what were your experiences like there um they were off the bat they were amazing um so I was about two years into my career in Texas and I just wanted to I, I just wanted to leave the country and go train 
That was my only goal. Right. I was like, oh, I just want to go pay to go train somewhere else. I just want a new experience for like a month. That's what I was looking for. And I heard a lot of different things. Japan was like really expensive at the time. And that wasn't really, I hadn't really, really gotten into Japanese wrestling yet. So it really wasn't in my, in my mental. And so I was looking everywhere and I was looking in the UK, I was looking all through Europe and there was no, there was no places in like the UK that there was training places, right. But they didn't have a place for you to stay and train at the same time. Right. So the expenses would have been a bit weird. I would have had to stay somewhere that I didn't know. And so then, um, I saw a poster of David Starr. We, we know everything he's done, but right. this is three years ago. Right. Right. right? Um, and I saw a poster from him about him being at an academy in WXW. And I was like, oh, where is this at? And so I, um, and it was in Germany. I was like, oh, shit. So then we went to the Harley race camp. You remember? I do remember that. Right. And that was the first time I met him. And I asked him all about it. And I was asking him all these questions. And I was like, okay, cool. He gave me an email. So I emailed him. And my intention of my email was just, hey, I want to come out and train. I don't care if I have to pay for my flight. I obviously will because you don't know who I am and I just want to train. Right. And they actually have a program, a training program, where you get to stay at the facility. They give you a place to stay and you can train seven days a week. Wow. And I was like, this is awesome. And uh, they, weren't, they weren't nearly as popular as they are now. So I was like, Walter was still there every single day. So I got to train with him seven days a week for four weeks. Like, Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's great, man. Yeah. So he wasn't like a big superstar yet because he just didn't want to be (laughs) really is why he wasn't yet. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, He was just chilling. I didn't know. This is interesting. Yeah. So I went out and Bam Bam was supposed to go with me, but at the Harley race camp, he tore his ACL. So I ended up going to a new country by myself for four weeks and it was the best experience I've ever had. And luckily through that, they offered me two tours. And so they were going to pay my way out there. I spent three months there on one occasion and three months there on another occasion. Right. And so obviously my investment of going out there to train was paid back in, in tenfold, right? Um, and that's beautiful, man. And not, not to cut you off real quick, but this is – I'm glad you bring something up like this because this is the uh, this is like the uh, the Loch Ness Monster, the abominable snowman of mist when it comes to traveling overseas uh, and pro wrestling because everybody gets this um, – they get this uh, perception in their head that like, oh, I want to go this place and that place, but they need to pay or I can do this or so many different things. You didn't have those like, like thoughts in your head. You were basically like, look, I'm going to find – away this is interesting this is what i want i'm gonna hit somebody email i don't care like and you were practical with it right because that's also another problem that we'll get into because i want to hear different aspects about you know advice that you would give up becoming inspiring wrestlers and lessons that you've learned but like a lot of people get in their own way of what Mm -hmm. they really want and just on the sole fact that you were very practical to where like look i want to get to this landscape because this interests me and i know that i'm gonna have to pay my way there you know what i mean but but just like how you said, you put that investment in and then it paid back four times the amount because then you got tours after that to where they did compensate because they saw value. And I feel like that's a big problem with a lot of wrestlers is that, look, you got to not only get your foot in the door, but like when you talk to promoters or trying to go different places, you have to basically show up yourself in ways that could be taking care of your travel for the first one or two times and providing value to show them that you have something to offer for them and go, okay, 
let's put an investment in him, him or her to go ahead and make our product better. So it's really smart that you looked at it that way, man. And I thought it was super impressive. Because once a bit, once again, I was a fan of X, uh, WXW. I've seen quite a few of your matches, other different aspects too. Walter is like one of my favorite guys to watch, of course, here and everything like that, man. So that's super cool. And that's something that I never even knew. Yeah. Um, few things off that. Yeah. It's like, I never, I never was, I never understood the, the weird wrestling paradigm of like, of travel, right. like someone will get applauded for driving 24 hours mm. and spending all the spending gas money, but they'll get shit on if they just fly themselves there. They're right. doing the same thing. Exactly. There's no difference. I'm exactly. either going to drive myself there or I'm either going to fly there. Right. And most of the time we're working shoot jobs, right? So what's more, what's more convenient, me working all of, all of my week at my shoot job, spending two hours to go to a flight, or taking off three days so I can drive 24 hours there and back? No kidding, man. Thank you. These are, I mean, I didn't really think about these things, but what really, what really drove me just to do that was like in baseball, I was like, okay, I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at this. Who can help me do this? So I would go to training camps. I would go to... I would go to California to do a camp. I mean, and these are just things I, was, I wasn't paying for them. Luckily, my parents were, but it's the same idea. So in wrestling, I was like, okay, I want to get better at wrestling. So I'm going to go train with someone else. And I could have went to the East Coast or I could have went here. I could have went there. But I decided that I'm going to go experience the world and go to a new country I've never been to and also wrestle. It's going to be awesome. Um, you know, so like I, I never understood that dynamic of you get applauded for like dry – you're spending more in gas money. A flight is $200. Right, you're driving exactly. 24 hours. It's like $500 in gas. I don't actually know if that's true or not, right. but my point is still valid. No, absolutely, man. I mean, and that was the one thing, too, to where I, the exact same way I even brought it up when uh, the last time we saw each other in person was at SWE uh, and everything like that because we had that <laughs> marathon of tapings for the the, yeah. the the shows that never ended, right? You know what I mean? With all the Long respect. day. Right, long day, but, hey, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no short work days in pro wrestling at times, no. right? So it is what it is, man. But, uh, but, no, but that was just the whole thing that I even brought up to the younger, uh, younger like, people that were involved with the camps and things like that to where it was just like you know it doesn't make any sense to where like if, if you really feel like someone's going to look negatively on you for buying a plane ticket to go somewhere that you want to go that's going to elevate your status because perception is reality in this business right and everything and then yet you want to go ahead and spend you know 60 or 100 bucks or something like that on a seminar with all due respect most of them are just going to tell you you got a good punch and uh, i'll just keep doing what you're doing you know what i mean and your your learning curve you completely goes up drastically when you put yourself in a foreign environment to where you don't know anybody because just like how you said bam bam alone uh went ahead and ripped you know he had an injury and everything like that so you had to go by yourself in a foreign country i know how that is man to where I was by myself for quite a few weeks before I left Japan. And, dude, it was nerve-wracking. You tra you know, traveling and trying to get around, you don't know the language that well. So you trying to communicate with anybody is like, oh, man, hand signs. And you basically have to talk to people like babies just to kind of understand <laughs> what, right. what's going on. But one question I have, kind of pretty much non-wrestling related, uh, Germany. How is it like being in Germany? And did you experience Oktoberfest? Because that's something on my butt. Bucket list, man. You and I are both beer drinkers at times, and dude, going to Oktoberfest in Germany would be like, oh, it'd be amazing. Did you ever participate in anything like that? So I love Germany. It's an amazing country. Um, we did drink a lot. So 
basically when I was there just for training, like WXW was still doing shows on the weekend. So basically I would have Saturdays off because no one was there to train and the guys were doing shows. So everyone who was living in the house, we would just go out and it was fun. Like, and so there was another American there at the time too. His name was Jack Moody and an incredible guy. He okay. was in Chicago. Okay. And we, yeah, we were able to hit an Oktoberfest. Um, so we hit like, that's like the, like the, the festival thingy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but the overall time there was great. Like we, we were where WXW's Academy is, it's like the opposite side of the country from Berlin. Okay. Uh, it's an S in Germany. Okay. Um, and it's a little more modern, um, and, uh, and developed than that side of the country where they're a little bit more, you know, whatever. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I got it. Fair um, enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, and then, uh, yeah. And yeah, it was great. No, nothing else really dude that's super cool man right on because i mean once again I, I hope to go to germany one day not only to wrestle but just visit and everything like that and uh basically just any part in europe and everything and i think that's super cool uh that you got to experience that and what have you uh now going in back into uh i want to talk about your experiences with wrestling and stuff like that you know because uh i know we're going to be getting into part two uh next week uh with continuing of course with this interview but during this part one as we're wrapping up here here um i know we dealt with a lot of up and downs in pro wrestling a lot of it good a lot of it that was bad at that time but when you look back on it it was probably the best thing that ever happened right um from a pro wrestling standpoint man um what are if there was somebody a young guy a young girl trying to get their feet wet they're ambitious they're quote unquote passionate they all these other different things what would be like some like what would jackson stone say to somebody just be like, hey, here's a couple of rules or a couple of things. And I know that could be all over the place because we could talk about that for hours, right? But what are some reader digest version of like, what would you tell somebody of like, hey, this would really benefit you if they knew this type of information? I would say definitely, number one, trust your gut. Right. Trust your gut, trust your instincts because there are a lot of people in this business who are going to say stuff that don't doesn't make sense. And they're going to tell you that they have all this knowledge and background and experience. And if you're coming from any sort of background, sports, real life, whatever, trust your gut. Um, that's very important. Don't fall into the traps of these weird pro wrestling paradigms of like, you can't reach out and contact companies, um, you know, uh, heat, getting heat with someone is not really a real thing. It's mostly just two adults not having a conversation between one another um, very well said because that's really all that it is you know what I mean? yeah i mean Anyways, it's keep like go keep going sorry that's very well said um but i think the number one thing is just to keep your love for wrestling like we we get so trapped like i'm i i'm definitely a huge i made a huge i mean i've done this before like we get sucked into being pro wrestlers that we forget that we actually like watching and enjoying pro wrestling Right. Very, very well said. And we claim that we don't like it. We don't watch it. It's not cool, but we're still doing it every weekend. Yeah. You know, and we're still trying to make it to the level of the people that we say are uncool. Mm -hmm. So like if John Cena or the rock or Randy Orton walked into my house right now, I'd be fucking fired up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be fired up. That's all. I don't know why they'd be at my house, but like, I'm just saying it, I would be fired up, right. you know? And so don't lose the love of something that you loved and that was the reason why you got into doing it. 
So, because we get, we get caught up, we get caught up in like our goals and where we want to be. And, you know, some of the, the weird business practices of pro wrestling, we get caught up in all that. We all do. There's, there's like kind of no way around it, but if you just sit down and kind of think about why you joined wrestling it's simply because you love it. And if you don't love it, you're just kind of in it. Well then that's cool too. But for the majority of us, it's because we love it. We found something that we love. We found something in it that makes us want to connect emotionally, invest our time, money and effort into this thing. Cause it takes a lot of that if you want to reach some sort of level, but success is, a, a, is your own measure. So also I would say, find what your level of success is. What do you want to achieve out of this? You know, is it just to do one show? Because if you want to do one show, you're doing it. You've achieved that. That's fucking sweet. Right, right. And, you know, you that's, know? That's, a big, that's a big problem is just a lot of people don't have clarity enough in what they want. So, but anyways, continue. Sorry. But that, I mean, you're hitting so many good points. So I'm just sitting there like, yeah, you know, like, absolutely. So keep going. Yeah. So in a nutshell, really, I would say try to figure out what your definition of success is. And, and, and go towards that and do a lot of daily goals. I think people always have these long-term widespread goals that are only years away from them. And that's hard to keep a, a clarity and a focus going forward because you're, you're going day to day. Days, goals and things happen day to day. And so it's hard to always see that, that future when something negative happens or you hit a valley. And so I would say be very clear in your focus of where you want to take your career, you know? Maybe one day is WWE, but there's so many steps to get there. It's have your first match. You know, that's step number one. <laughs> Our major step number one right. is get into training, get into good shape, have a match. You know, all these things are very important, and we forget to look at these things and say, I accomplished that. Because if you watched wrestling from age two till now as an adult, and you had a pro wrestling match in front of fans, that's super. You did it. You, right. you said something, and you did it. Like, that's it. That's all there is to it. You achieved that dream. And people forget to like really sit down and think about that because that's amazing. And so I would say, number one, overall, two things, trust your gut and continue to love the thing that you love. 